Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cuatro Cuatros. We are doing an, uh, another town hall meeting type style thing. Uh, you know, we're, we have a couple of people. Uh, logged on into into the Discord uh, group chat thing, whatever this is called, and we're gonna be basically doing what we were doing la- what we did last week. So um, last week, you know, we were just kind of talking about you know what you know when majority was gonna get fired, and you know it just kind of happened. You know, everybody kind of woke up today, and a lot of people, funny enough, took naps and stuff, and then they woke up from their nap, and and Matt Jordan was fired. Funny enough, for myself, I actually went to the store and I forgot my phone in the car. And I was in the store for like 30 minutes. And when I came back to my car, I was like, wait, what the hell? Matt Jordan got fired in the 30 minutes that I was in the store. Uh, so obviously, good news for, I think, everybody in the Houston animal world. But, you know, before we get started, I just want to, you know, social media is, uh, you know, Cuatro Cuatro Dos on everything, basically. And also, I want to give a special shout out to... Uh, uh, a Patreon member that just signed up um, for the for the best tier, uh, the number ten tier on Patreon. So Rushan, you know, shout out to you, man. Thank thanks a lot for uh, contributing and you know just being being there and helping a brother out uh, with a little bit there. Uh, but other than that, man. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, see, so he's in here. So yeah, shout out to him. Uh, but yeah, man, let's get to it. We have a few people on the thing. Um, hopefully, more people will jump on. Some of them are will just listen. Some of them will talk. And basically, I just kind of want to leave the door open to everybody. Just you know, uh, say whatever whatever's on your chest. You know, it doesn't matter. There's no filter here, so you can say it. You know, as as weird or as you know, colloquial. Uh, is that a word? I don't know. But, you know, as as nice as you want or as bad as you want, but I think we all have the same sentiment and we all ha- kind of have the same questions. So, uh, you know, let, let's just start by, uh, you know, how did you, where were you when you found out, you know, what went down with, uh, with Matt Jordan? How did you find out? Whoever wants oh, yeah. to jump in, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in for sure. Uh, so first, first of all, uh, I want to just go back to that. Um, you said that some people were taking a nap and then they woke up and Matt Jordan was gone. Yeah. Man, that, that's a that's a dream come true. You know, when you're you, you can have nightmares, but you can also have just good dreams. That's the dream that I have every time I go to bed. I just wake up and I hope that Matt Jordan would be fired and it's <laughs> happened. But no, no, no. I actually had just gotten back from class. And so that was a really good feeling. Is I was just like I went up to my roommate and I said, this is a, this is a good day. Because Matt Jordan had been fired, and I explained explained what had happened. <laughs> Funny enough, great. I did I did the same thing with my wife. I got home, and uh, she was like, "Why are you so happy?" I was like, "Matt Jordan got fired." She was like, "Who? The f- First of all, who the fuck is that?" I was like, "It did." <laughs> it's funny because also I went to the store with my mom, and she was in the car, and I got him. You know, I picked up my phone, and I was like. I was like, he got fired. And she was like, oh, who got fired? And I was like, ah, it, it doesn't matter. It's a good thing. She was like, how? You know, somebody got fired. I was like, oh, trust me, this is a good thing. But but yeah, go ahead, bro. 
he he definitely overstayed his welcome. So I think is uh, it had been coming. If he if he didn't if he, if this was a shock to him, uh, he must be in his own little world because there were banners, there were chants, there were for real. Uh, I feel like I, this is the most I've seen the Dynamo fans rally together since maybe some of the playoff games back in the day. So I I'm glad that Ted Segal listened, and I I was talking about in the last episode is you know if it it doesn't you know. We're, the season's over. Doesn't really matter um, as far as our results. I think obviously we want to see progress, but I, I don't think it's going to put us in contention really at this point in the season. But more than that, it's just that he's listening to the. You know, if he fired, I said if he fired Matt Jordan, it would show the fans that he cares, and Ted Segal cares, and I think he's he's answered that this week, and I think that's a really good step. I had someone asked me who's not as big a fan, and he was telling me he was like. Uh, well, why, you know, what's going on with all the ownership thing? And I said, well, you know, it, like, do you like the new owner? And I said, well, I don't really know. Um, you know, it's only been about a month. Um, and so it's, it's hard to tell. And it's all been terrible this year. So, but I can confidently tell him now, like, he's, he's at least done something right. <laughs> For real, yeah. And, uh, and also, since you mentioned the surge, I want to shout out, you know, two, two groups. The surge, well, I guess the surge slash, uh, I would say, Texan Army. Because, uh, you know, they, I mean, I'm pretty sure the surge was the, the ones with the banners. But, you know, I guess the, the, the Texan army had the same sentiment. I know El Batason, you know, there was a little uh, little trouble there going on. But I just want to, you know, shout out the surge for the giant ass banner. That probably was the, you know, the the straw that broke the camel's back, maybe, for Ted Siegel. You know, because it was, it was a visible sign for the whole world to see. And then also uh, the Dynamo Fans for Change. They're a uh, Facebook group that it has like over 300 or some members. And uh, and with Tony in them uh, that put it together. And they were the creators of the whole brown bag, you know, uh, little ordeal that happened at the stadium. But, you know, little stuff like that, you know, whenever you put it out there, you know, obviously, you know, if whenever... I'm 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 assuming Ted Siegel saw it, and it's you know it's embarrassing. You, you just you know you just own you just got this club and people are wearing masks over their head like paper bags, giant banners you know asking you to fire people from your you know, like that are you know controlling kind of the club you know Matt Jordan he was controlling soccer operations or whatever, so you know shout out to those two groups that you know put in the work and actually, you know, spend their money, you know, put their stuff together and just put it out there for the world to see. So shout out to them. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think I just want to chime in real quick. No, like, I, I think that we need to do that more. Um, I think I was talking about it, you know, that we, we need to let the front office know what's going on. You know, we need to cause, cause it doesn't need to be violent or it doesn't need to be anything like that, but just needs to, we need to send a message sometimes. And I think, uh, this this whole ordeal has shown us that we can do that, and that you know the only way to keep the whatever, whoever the new GM is accountable and the front office in general and the owners, uh, I mean, and the team on the field accountable is to let our voices be heard. So uh, I, I just I hope that the fans continue um, uh, banding together and and pushing for change. For sure, man. Also, you know, if you're here on the on the Discord, don't you know, don't be afraid to jump in. Uh, the first question was, how did when where were you and how did you find out that Matt Jordan was fired, and what were your emotions basically? So if you want to jump in, go ahead and jump in. Um, if not, you also you know, whenever you want, no no pressure. 
And uh, so the next thing that basically that, you know, now I guess we can move on to the next question, the next big question, or I guess one of the two. Uh, one of them, I guess, is replacing uh, Matt Jordan, which we can kind of get into it maybe in a little bit. Um, actually, let's do that now. Let's get into that now. And then we'll talk about Tab Ramos afterwards, because I think that's another question that kind of lingers in the mind of everybody like you know do we keep ramos you know at the end of at the end of you know at the end of the day he's the one coaching the actual team you know uh, i know matt jordan probably had a lot to do with bringing in players and you know kind of putting the team together and the last seven years and believe it or not it's been seven years but you know at the end of the hello, day hello, i guess hello, the, hello. hey what's up brother but the coach you hello, know sorry. they're always you know they always coach the team but yeah so we got a, a familiar face or familiar voice um first time talking to him but yeah go ahead man shout, shout out your 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 podcast out uh funny ass podcast so so everybody oh, yeah. can, can hear you man go for it you hear me yeah we can hear you yeah what's up so hey i was trying to answer question one but i was having microphone difficulties over here because i was literally leaving work and i was pulling out underneath uh, 45 I'm looking on Twitter and I saw Matt Jordan fired. We fired Matt Jordan. And my first reaction was, shit, I just finished publishing my episode 30 minutes ago and I had no idea. <laughs> so I was like, I was more upset about the timing. I was like, man, for real? Like, I just put one out and this happened. So, I mean, I got, you know, an idea for the next one, but oh, I was happy. Oh, I was, I I'm ready. Man, I feel like invigorated again. Because this is at least the first piece of good news we've had since May 22nd, right? It's been a while, man. It's been a while. Yeah. But yeah, just yeah. if you guys don't know, that is the famous uh, finisher from the Houston Dynapod. You know, go check go check him out. Uh, his, uh, his, I, I love your, your podcast, by the way. Um, you know, Thanks, man. It's, I like it, yours, too. It's Dynamo stuff, but it, he brings in the multiple personalities, the, the funny stuff. So, you know, if you want to laugh and also get your soccer fix, go ahead and check that out for sure, man. But, yeah, but, that happened. Is it from your sounds like fat line? Say that again. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't catch that. My bad. The ER story in last episode. The ER story? That was, hey. I think, the life. Yeah, that was real. Tell us the story. I didn't. I didn't get to that episode yet. Tell us the story. Um, if you um, if you want to, you don't have to. But yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, I'll tell you. So I, I had this date lined up with this really, really good looking woman. Like, I heard. I heard smoke, about that. Smoking hot, right? So I go to bed Friday night. The date's Saturday, six thirty. We're going to this nice little place with these good drinks, and I'm, I'm really excited. I have another date Sunday afternoon, but I wasn't as excited about that one. <laughs> I was really, I was, I, for real, I was looking forward to this one. So I go to sleep. I wake up at like 6 in the morning, right? Soccer's on. So I look at my phone, and at 11.35 p.m., it says, hey, I'm in the ER with appendicitis. Oh. I have to get my appendix removed. I'm heading into surgery. Maybe we can meet when I'm better. And I'm just like, man. Either this woman is a terrible liar, or <laughs> she and I are going to have matching scars. Yeah, man. I got canceled. I was That's pissed. Funny. That was a good joke. Hey, you bro, have you thought about being a comedian? Well, I mean, shit, you're already a comedian, but have you thought about doing some stand-up? Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, 
Yeah, I've thought about it, yeah. but like I, I told uh, another guy asked me this on my on one of my episodes. Uh, man, I don't, I don't want to like tell dirty jokes to four drunk people because <laughs> my shit isn't for every my shit isn't for everybody. So I, I have a feeling I'd be getting hit or things thrown at me often. That's funny, right? But that that's a good uh, that's a good. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a real story. I believe you. But you know that's a good uh, that's a good uh, joke that you can kind of polish. I'm really into comedy, so I mean I'm not a comedian, but I'm really into comedy. That that sounds like a really good story that you could tell, like make it into yeah, something more. That's oh yeah, that's that really happened. Like, that's I crazy. Screenshot messages, man. Was, I was like, what? <laughs> it's nuts, man. So your day got canceled because of a goddamn appendix, something that we don't even use. Yeah, but. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so let's get let's get into this uh, next. Uh, who who's so who's next? Who do who what what are the names? So let me throw you a couple names that kind of popped up that I've seen in the last few hours because you know this news are basic. It it's been only a few hours, and the four people that kind of like came up, you know, floated up to the top, uh, are four uh, Dynamo players um, or former Dynamo players. So Michael Chabala. Kind of, you know, he lives here in Houston. He has like a business here in Houston and stuff like that. And he kind of like poked poked his head out, you know. And uh, Brad Davis, you know, he was like, "Hey, I know somebody too." So it's like, is it, you know, was he talking about himself, you know? And, and everybody loves Brad Davis, you know. Uh, then another name that was kind of mentioned was Pat Onstad, you know, one of the the greatest goalkeepers that we we've had in as a club. And he's already, you know. Uh, He's already into that stuff, you know. He's already a, a sporting director in Columbus, and then the other one is Craig Weevil, and uh, he's a, also he does the same thing in the Sounders. And I mean, we seen Columbus, you know, champions last year, so obviously they they have a pretty good team, and you know, and the Sounders are the Sounders. You know, they've been up top, you know, fighting for championships like for the last I don't know ten years or so. You know, like they're they're a little dynasty going on over there, so. I wanted to get you know you, your guys' thoughts on on you know maybe you, these names or maybe somebody else like who do you have in mind or you know do you like any of these names and you can I'm go ahead and jump in. on. Hey Chris, I'm gonna jump in. Go uh, for this it. This is Sam from 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 Twitter. What's up? Um, hey, what's up, man? Um, real quick, I, I think I think that the, the the fact that you have mentioned all those names and we can throw more names. I mean, I, I know there's pretty pretty MLS knowledgeable people in here. Um, but the fact that we're throwing a lot, the, the Craig and, and, and the Pat, and then I even heard uh, Stu Holden, but perhaps maybe he doesn't want to jump into the gig or something like that. But the fact the fact that those names are floating around tells you that people want to come back into that actual dynamo identity. The team that hustles all the time that you know is perhaps at times is not flashy but gives gives it all on the on the field that you know we 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 are i was trying to think uh what kind of identity do we bring and you know watching this team since 06 we are sort of an endless like kind of Uruguay. don't 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 get startled chris but you know <laughs> We're kind of we're kind of a a, a, a Uruguay, you know, because we 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 may or may not have the flashiest names, but we used to leave everything on the field, and I think that's what you know the Houston the Houston you know fanaticada would uh, would like to see again in our team. And these guys, you know, they can bring they have the identity. Now, uh, Craig and Pat, I, I believe they bring the experience, and I think you know Ted Ted should have them in the shortlist for sure. 
and I'm hoping that you know Ted is surrounding himself with MLS soccer people uh, that can per perhaps you know give that advice and, and you know not not do any any new experiments but rather you know bring dynamo people Paul Daglish is another name that was floating around a lot and you know neither of those three names would be bad at all in my opinion what was you, what was the last one Paul what uh, Paul Daglish uh, okay he was he was the first seasons uh, with us and now he's uh, He's pretty much the sporting director and coach of the Miami FC and the USL. Gotcha. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that too. That somebody kind of reached out to him and they were like, "Hey, you want to come back?" No, I saw that one too. I just didn't hear that. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, anybody else want to jump in? Where, where? I'll jump in just for a second. Go I for just want to kind of play off of that point that he just made. Uh, I think those are all great. Like, should be in the ring. I think you know if people care about the club. And you want to come back and, and be in a man, you know in a management role. I think you've earned that on the field. And if you can show you have some some business acumen to go along with that, I feel like you should be given a chance. Because I mean, we've looked at how Matt Jordan, someone who didn't really have an association to our team prior to assuming the the GM role, uh, he has not proven that he's willing to make the right decisions and and do do the right things for the team going forward. Um, but one thing I will say is like, even though I love all those names and, you know, like the Mike Chabalas and the Brad Davises, of course, they're always gonna pull the heartstrings a little bit, right? You need, we need to make sure that these people know how to, how to manage. And like, obviously I, I know some of them have experience already, but some of them are just kind of like, we're hoping that they will work out. And, you know, even though a player is good on the field, doesn't necessarily mean they're good as a manager, you know, a manager, but if they fight for the badge, they're already going to do better than Matt Jordan. So that's what I'll say. True, true. Yeah, they already got, you know, a little bit of orange into them. Uh, also, another thing that I kind of wanted to point it out, I, I mean, I'm not, you know, uh, rooting for any of these two names, but, you know, just going to Craig and Pat, you, you know, they they already, they, they were MLS champions, uh, Open Cup champions, supporter uh, shield champions, uh, Pad has a gold cup under his belt, so like obviously they're they're well accomplished as players. So obviously I don't know how that would translate as a sporting director, as you know picking players and stuff like that. But you know it's something to to put out there, you know. But I think uh, it's I mean, shit, I don't want to be in Ted's position, right? Of of like having to pick you know somebody, but I just hope that you know whoever he does manage to get here. You know, can have that Houston connection, but also be, you know, have some type of experience. I don't, I mean, I don't know how I feel about getting a play, maybe a, a former player that, you know, maybe it's like a, it's like his first time coming in as a, maybe he does a great job, but, you know, uh, I would rather have somebody with experience just because, you know, we're already hurt. You know, we're already, we, we have some PTSD with like seven years of, my, uh, you know, of Matt Jordan. So like. It would suck if we, you know, just went into somebody for the first time. I mean, I might be wrong, like I said, you know, they yeah. might do a great job, but I think it would be it, the the people. I think the people would feel a little better, a little bit better, if we got somebody with a little bit more of experience, you know, in that kind of you know part of of, of that world of like you know getting players, contracts, and stuff like that. Because a lot of the stuff that we you know talked about, Matt Jordan was his bad deals, you know. His bad, you know, like, for example, selling Ellie's or selling Manot or like selling Manotas too late 
and selling selling Ellie's to you know too late as well, uh, not being able to negotiate you know a contract and stuff like that, and and not being able to like have a good eye with players, you know. And, um, and another thing, another thing is is like you you already have a, a someone who's new to ML. I mean, not new to MLS, obviously, but Tabar almost hasn't been in a in a professional before. For our club, he hadn't been a professional coach other than with the, the international side, right? And he was never a club coach. So, like, especially in MLS where the the, lead, the, the rules are so different and the play is very different, um, and you're making all this travel and you have to accommodate. There's special challenges, right? You know, picking one of the guys who already has experience dealing with those challenges might be able to guide uh, guide Tab Ramos because, you know, he, he, he's new to this too. So exactly. if we pick someone else who's new to it, it's going to be really hard. I feel like that will be very hard to work out. And then yeah. I, it, Ted Segal is new to uh, owning a soccer team. So I, it's just be new, 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 which I guess isn't, you know, it's good to have fresh blood, but I think you need some experience at, at the top. Yeah, that, that's a great point because a lot, I've heard, uh, you know, um, Tab Ramos a lot of times say like, you know, that he's still kind of like getting to know the league, like getting to know the league because, you know, even though he played in it, Nowadays, it's like completely different to, to what it was back in the day, you know, back in the late 90s. And, you know, he's still not like 100% like connected to all these weird rules, Tam, Gam, you know, all these money weird things that they do here in the MLS, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I think the same, you know, another reason why maybe somebody with experience in the league as a, you know, in that position would probably do better, you know, unless you're like... Unless you're new and you kind of know your shit, basically, you know, I would rather have somebody, you know, that has a little bit of experience in the league. Um, unless, of course, you know, you kind of get somebody newish, but you bring an experienced coach. So that's basically the next question. Unless anybody wants to say anything else about, you know, the really, potential. Really quick. Yeah, that's, go for that's it. That's where I believe uh, Jamie Roots and, and, and unfortunately he had to leave the organization. I think it was personal reasons or whatever, but that's where that's where Jane, uh, Jamie Roots, you know, he I understand, but it used to be the president at Columbus Crew or something like that before coming back to the Texans. Yeah. and you know that's where that's where Ted was going to be relying on to you know <clears throat> having somebody that has been in an MLS organization perhaps among other things was going to help. Um, pick this the, the the GM now. Granted, we it, it's a mystery where. Or who is that gonna uh, poach out in order to to pretty much you know uh, scout for the next GM? So uh, hopefully again that he surrounds himself of uh, MLS people, MLS people, and, and even perhaps he's going to Don Garber, and Don Garber is is is, is you know pointing him to the right direction. I don't know, I don't know. That's that's my hope. But experience is going to be very important because if you see. The Houston Dynamo, unfortunately, the last years, and I'm not counting only Jordan, I'm counting the, 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 the Gabriel Brenner's years. Basically, it has been, you know, bringing new faces or or unexperienced faces or both uh, profiles in, in, in one. And the Dynamo is, you know, we need to go back into really experienced people, people that knows the, the drill, and then get from there. Then start, you know, creating our own new people but that is ingrained into the organization you know yeah those, those are good those are good points as well man i yeah i want to chime in real quick go for it 
Uh, so so we, we've brought up, you know, four Dynamo players that we're looking at as possible GMs to replace Matt Jordan. The thing is, before Matt Jordan was with us, he was with Montreal. And before he was the technical director for Montreal, he was a Montreal player. So Montreal's Matt Jordan experiment failed, so we tried it. And to me, to bring in a player into a role they've never been in, you know, Brian Ching owns bars. If we brought Brian Ching in right now, how long has it been since he's looked at an MLS contract? Yeah. I think I think whoever we go with, they need to know what they're doing. And, and to be honest, if we had to poach, I'm poaching FC Dallas because how good their academy is and how built up their academy is. That's an interesting take. I want to hear more. Yeah, I'm, I'm poaching somebody from there because... In order to truly be a successful, profitable franchise in MLS, you have to turn a profit. In order to do that, the cheapest commodities you can produce are your academy kids. And FC Dallas, what do they send? Two? Two to Europe? Yeah. And if he ever stays healthy, Paxton Pomacall, as much as I dislike his mustache, I hate it, <laughs> he, he will end up in Europe. He might not be, you know, La Liga, Premier League, but he will end up somewhere. Yeah. He, he, they, they produce European talent that's going to bring European money here. And from there, we can invest in facilities, coaches, players, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to build it from the ground up. And if I'm looking to poach anybody, like I said, I'm poaching FC Dallas because they have been the top academy in the country for years. I mean, that's a, that's a great point, man. That's, that's one of the best points out there. The I mean... It's Dallas, and I hate it. But I mean, you can't, you know, you can't say anything bad about them, you know, when it comes to that. They, you said they send literally, they send about two kids every six months to Europe, you know, like basically. And yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how you make money. I mean, we are we already have a couple championships. We want more, of course. But I think you know, if we, if we can start from there and just kind of build. Build a team up, you know, from from the younger kids up, and and actually, funny enough, we were talking about that la- uh, last episode that we did, last talk that we had with everybody. We talked about you know the the talent that is being wasted in the city. You know, like we all play in leagues, and we all played you know maybe high school, or we all know like maybe a kid or two that you know could have the potential to become something, and just because of the way that the academy was being run, or or just you know whatever factor it may be you know they they weren't being looked at and and obviously Dallas is doing is doing you know they're doing a heck of a job because they have FC Dallas they have North Texas like right there also they use that as a like a funnel you know to bring kids in and you know I mean, we have we have St. Thomas yeah and I would put but, them up there with North Texas yeah exactly Saint but Thomas if you can yeah but you have to like. But that's the thing, though. Like you know, I I've heard of St. Thomas, but I've never heard of a kid come out of St. Thomas. You know, as as I hear uh, all these kids coming out of North Texas or whatever the team there, is called. You there know? have been people. There have been many people that have come out of St. Thomas. Yeah. Uh, what that what happens is they go to St. Thomas and then they go to Dallas and then they go to get taken from Dallas. Exactly. There you go. So that that's the, happened all the time. Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah, maybe that's part why you probably don't hear like oh they come from well me myself you know. I'm not gonna say everybody, but you know, I've never heard like, oh, you know, St. Thomas being like a, like a big, I don't know, producer of of talent because you know the kids obviously do that. They go to Dallas, you know, and then they take that step there. But imagine if we can keep that product in house, you know, and just have it go through the through the Dynamo, and you know, obviously somebody over there did the deal with Bayern Munich, and you know, why not? 
do something like that with a new European team. Um, somebody, I don't know what MLS team just did something kind of similar. Uh, Chicago Fire, actually. They did kind of like the same thing with a Swiss team. Obviously, you know, Switzerland is not the greatest league out there. But, you know, it's a, it's a door to Europe, basically. And I think that's what we, you know, I think every MLS team, you know, if they don't have that, they should have that. Because that's a, that's a good way to, like, you know, bring up kids and kind of send them away for a summer, bring them back, kind of play them, you know, like us. You know, not to diminish our USL, you know, our second division here in the U.S., but, you know, it's not the same thing of sending, like, Palomino to uh, Charleston or wherever, the he, you know, he's at right now. And then just kind of get that experience there and then kind of bring him back and expect him to go, you know, fight against a, a Seattle or Portland or, you know, whoever it may be, you know, fighting up top in the MLS. Obviously, like, the talent, the gap is kind of a little bit different, uh, but I don't know. That's just, but yeah, I mean, that's a great point. You know, let's, let's, I guess we can copy that from Dallas or, you know, if we can snatch one or two guys from there and just kind of help us build, you know, who we are and, you know, just make this team, this, you know, organization kind of blow up a little bit and that, that would be great. You know, and also that would that would hurt Dallas. So and fuck Dallas. So that'd be great. That work that works out great. A win win. I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit. Uh, I don't disagree with the point that was made. Um, especially us, we have to use our academy and and build from the ground up. Uh, and like we talked about, Houston has a big market to exploit talent and. I, I believe it was Robert that mentioned it last time that we had the discord and I agree schools within all the suburbs and then look in the inner city and then look in Louisiana, look in, in like South Texas and like set up scouting systems, right? Be more organized. So I agree with the point of study or poach someone from FC Dallas and see what they do and try to replicate. But let me ask you this. We're all pissed because we haven't done anything the past seven years with Matt Jordan Dallas is near the bottom of the table too True. what have they done in the past years that's like oh my god let's let's follow their model I I agree that it's good for US soccer to send youngsters to to Serie A that's admirable I, I applaud but what the hell do I have Dallas doing for <laughs> aside from their youth academy products going no, to Serie A? You know? Uh, and the other point was um, that's why to me um, I put my head in for Craig Guevo, uh because he has the experience in MLS. I feel that you can hire for lack of a better term a numbers guy that can help you know the ins and outs and set up contracts. And I feel like you can find that person more easily than you can find a person that understands the culture of the club, that understands the game of football, and that actually cares for the club. And uh, Craig was one of the, the OGs for us. And he, like I said, has experience in Seattle, which is also a very, very good team in our league and has been for the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the way I see it. And the first question was, how did we, how did I find out? I actually, I had a busy day at work. I didn't find out till I got home to my 
both my cousins that I took to our first game where we protested in F- against FC Dallas, I told them, hey, look, look at the supporter group section. They're, they have this banner that says Jordan out, and I explained to them, like, this is our track record with this man and all these transfer deals that were terrible business decisions. This is why we won this man out. And both of them texted me when it happened, like, dude, like, we fired the guy that we wanted to get <laughs> fired. I'm like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. But, yeah, so... At the same time, I don't know who's going to be. If it's a former Dynamo player, I feel like that's a safe play because it helps It helps soothe that transition because all of us, we're a little hurt because it took forever for this to happen. And yeah. I feel like a, a former Dynamo player can help smooth that out and make that transition uh, better. I'm not saying Craig is going to be the best GM in the world. He, he might suck too. But at least we, it might it might return some faith in the club, and and it, it'll help us love the club more than than where we're at currently as a fan, you know. Uh, and, and and they and they know how much we love it, and and I'm, I'm sure they'll get fan involvement more as a as a former player who's who's played here before. So that's just the way I see it. But I'm just happy. Uh, it's a small step. Um, I'm happy, and hopefully, um, more more baby steps towards the right direction. For everyone, really? thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'll I'll play uh, I'll play in the middle. I'll play both sides and say we have to define really, or, or at least Ted is going to define really um, if the club wants to be an academy producer like Dallas, or if we want to be. I'm not saying Atlanta purchasing a lot of, you know, high-profile players with, you know, seven, eight figures and stuff like that, but rather a championship team or or, or a win now, kind of no matter what it takes or, 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 or maybe really good scouting, but perhaps not producing our own kind of thing. That's going to be the fine, and maybe we're going to be able to see this whenever we incorporate uh, the GM. That's for one. And then number two, the other thing is that to, to what Herman was saying, um, in essence, uh, right now, I, I think uh, Matt Jordan has been fired for what six hours now. Yeah, I have never seen number one the social media so stoked, but more importantly, I have not seen so many uh, Dynamo and MLS figures already trying to come back to the fold. That tells you how, even to a certain degree, toxic was the environment around this man's tenure. It's incredible. Yeah, that, that that is true. I was actually going to uh, to kind of before you know this whole thing happened. My plan for today's episode was basically talk about you know how well should you know how terrible we are basically as a team, but also how that was kind of like you know spilling over into like the fans and like you know it's just like you know like internal problems between like you know supporter groups and, and kind of stuff like that and. And just kind of like, you know, breaking the, the club in half, like all these things that because just one, you know, one decision had to be made and, and it wasn't being made. And it was just kind of breaking apart the whole entire club. And, and it just kind of made you feel like, you know, why why should I go support? Like it, it made you question, you know, at least to some people it has. I know a lot of people that kind of jump ship or like they abandon the ship and they either started supporting another team or, or whatever which I think is terrible. But, you know, 
Uh, but you know, just it just kind of makes you not want to watch, or it makes you not want to go to the stadium. Like you don't feel the same emotions of like you know sitting down to watch a game, or you know you don't look forward to watching the games because you're like you know why am I going to watch if we're going to lose, or you know it's not going to be good or whatever. And it just kind of takes that energy away from you, and you're like, well, I'm not supposed to like feel like this. It's just a, uh, just a game, but you know we're kind of so invested into into this whole team. That, you know, it just kind of tears away, like, little by little. Obviously, it's not like, you know, our world doesn't revolve the, around the Houston Dynamo, you know, as people. But, you know, it's kind of like an important piece because, you know, we're all soccer lovers. And it's just uh, something that kind of keeps us, you know, it's it's what we use to kind of stay away from maybe our problems or, or whatever. You know, we use that to, like, you know, keep us happy or whatever for two hours a day. Uh, but when that, you know, becomes also a problem in your life, you're like, well, where the, you know, where do I run to, you know? But, uh, but I'm glad, you know, that this happened. And, and now, like, we, we are, you know, we can kind of look forward and we can kind of move on. And, you know, we just, we just got to look into, into what's next. But I think we are on a good, on a good, you know, positive, you know, path, I guess. Even though nothing has happen other than Matt Jordan obviously being fired but it's kind of like <laughs> like Finister's date you know just kind of getting the appendix removed something that was kind of you know just there doing nothing but now that we don't have the goddamn appendix anymore to hurt us you know we can just kind of move on with our life not not having to worry about the appendix and and now we have to figure out like exactly like you know like we were saying you know what are we going to become are we going to become a a like a youth producer do we want championships now like a quick quick question before we get into the coaching job uh job uh do you which one do, would you rather be would you rather be you know like that youth producer you know like like uh finister was saying you know that it's a, it's like a good uh what's a model i guess to to build on or do you guys want like you know Go in, get players, spend money, get championships like tomorrow. Which one? If you had to pick one, you know, which one do you want? Like the long term, kind of like see the the progress being built, or do you want like progress today? So I'm gonna Both jump in. It's, it's almost impossible. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, so um, you know, German, German, you asked uh, what has FC Dallas done? So I, I went and pulled up Google real quick to, to look. Right, and FC Dallas has been around for 24 seasons. It's 96, and they've made the playoffs 17 times. Um, now, Christian, you asked, would you rather produce youth or buy both? And how did we create the funds for that by producing the youth? True. Uh, a couple. There are also problems here. The cost of competitive soccer for kids is, is unaffordable. It's terrible. It's unaffordable, and there's there's scholarship programs, but you have to you have to know somebody, and also. I might be wrong, but I know people that have, you know, come from Dallas down here and they said the only academy is FC Dallas. And that's something here we have, I mean, how many, two dozen academies, academy clubs. You put them all under one umbrella and then you get the best kids from each of those academies. Not just the four sections we have here, four or five, but you pull all those clubs, the SGs, the, uh, what is it, Albion Hoes, the Houstonians, you pull all them under one umbrella. And now you're getting the best kids in the city. And that's that's what Dallas has done, to my knowledge. And it works. I mean, they have one less piece of silverware than us. They've been around longer. But this is going to make some people mad. You could always argue that we weren't a true expansion team. 
that we had a championship club relocate here. So to look at us and compare us to Dallas, you would have to look at, I guess, um, I don't know, 2011, 2012, and I know we were finalists then, but that would be, to me, the comparative area. And if you look at what we've done after 0506, it's not a lot to talk about either. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I, I kind of I just want to mention a previous point. I think someone mentioned uh, like, well, what has Dallas done? You know, they haven't really, um, you know, they're still at the bottom of the table and everything. And the, the difference is obviously we talked about the youth, so I'm not going to hammer home that. But the difference is, is they're selling their players for a lot, like a lot at their true market value. And this is where I think is I, I really dislike the way that Matt Jordan ran. You know, the, with the the contracts, the things that he was really ultimately really responsible for is managing the players' inflows, outflows, contracts, right? And we look at the two major players, right? It's a, you're right, we didn't develop any of those players. You know, when I'm talking about Mauro Manotas and Albert Elise, right? We didn't develop either of those players. We did actually develop them, but they weren't from our academy, right? The problem is, is you know, if, if our academy is not working... We need to, it's even more important that we fund our future transfers from the players that we have been able to develop and grow their value, right? We actually did something right for once, right? We, we, we turned a player who was, you know, not as good to a player who's, you know, ready for Europe, both of those players, in my opinion. And we got pennies. We got pennies for both of those players. And that, for me, shows a, a gap between us and Frisco, Right is because they, when they have their players, and yeah, of course, some of them are, you know, or most of them are from their academy, right? But they get the full price for them. They, they, get, they get the money from these European clubs, right? And that allows them to, to invest back in their team or to just pocket the money, right? Either way, they have money coming in the door. When I look at our signings, I see the opposite. You could even argue Quintero, right? We spent, what, 600000 on him in uh, allocation money? with incentives, I think, and we're not going to get any of that back. I mean, if we're being honest, right? So I think that's what we have to learn from from Dallas. But you're right, like, as far as trophies or anything like that, you know, not really. But uh, I will say that I think that the way they handle their business in some ways, is be- or at least under the Jordan era, was better than, than we did, which is embarrassing. Yep. Absolutely. That's why, that's why we want it. Jordan out. I, I I I agree. Like you sell high, even though we didn't, we don't want to. You have to sell high, especially for for us. And then, um, yeah, no, I, I I agree. I agree, and I agree with the other point. I I just, um, yeah, it was the expansion team. I I blanked out for a second. He, he's right. Like we we were we just relocated a championship team, and I honestly I remember when we when it happened. I was sad because that was the summer that Donovan left to Galaxy, I believe. And I was like, oh, man, we're going to get Donovan. And it was going to be – but, yeah, it was already a kick-ass team. So, he's right. Like, after those championship years, like, what, what 
the hell? Like, <laughs> we haven't established an identity. And and he's right. You got to do both, right? You got to produce that talent and sell high, like Robert is saying. And then that finances that that player that you that you need to buy that you need that that veteran that can help that can help uh, steer the ship with the with the youngsters with the mix of youngsters and veterans, right? So I, I think it's the both that has to be done. Uh, I think it's a mix of both for sure. And to go off of that, I think um, that's the whole point. I 100% agree with it. That you you have to mix both. We're never going to have the money that. Atlanta has the investment that's going in there. So to act like, oh, if I can choose to be Atlanta, that's just that's not sustainable for our club, right? At least at this point in time. So to to hope that we sign, you know, Chicharito when he was rumored to come in MLS, or I don't know, Ronaldo or Messi or something like that in their in their later years or something, that's never going to happen for us. And we have to accept that. At the same time, we're probably not going to have the most fruitful academy. So hopefully, you know, that develops over time. But I think that's the thing is we have to find out where is that where is the balance for us? How when do we need to? How much do we need to put into the academy to make it worth it? And then when when we need those players to to like for instance, there's been a hole in our midfield for a long time now, right? Where our midfield has been very weak for probably five seasons, and when that's where somewhere where I feel like where you if you spend a little bit more, you get a lot more, right? You get a player who's who's been who's seen it and done it, right, for a little bit more money. That's where I feel like we could have used the, the money from Elise, right, the money from Anotas, if we would have sold them at higher higher values to go get, a, like, a real like a real player, like a, you know, like when Toronto brought in Giovinco or, you know, some, some big, a big, big name, not only to fill the seat, to, to, yeah, it's something like that, you know, like to, to, bring, to bring a little bit of uh, life to the midfield. I agree 100%. Y'all want to laugh? I had a dream the other day. That we, <laughs> I'm laughing that already. <laughs> that we had signed James Rodriguez like two, two, three years from now. Like, kind of like in the twilight of his career, but he still has that playmaking ability, marquee player that can bring people to the to the stands. And, and like what you're saying, like kind of like a Yovinko signing, you know, like fill that hole in the midfield. And another point is like, yeah, we would love to sell our youngsters like for lo- but loads of money. But the other thing is, hey, a youth academy helps create players for your squad. You know, like for your team, like starters too. You know that 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 helps out as well. You know, like not just sell them for profit, but yeah, they can be if they can contribute to the club. That's that's a plus as well. Creates fans too. The academy creates fans. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and uh, I think we, we said enough about, you know, this whole transition period of when it comes to the GM. And now let's move on to probably the the next biggest question other than, you know, who's going to who's going to take on that role. But the next question is, what do what do we think about Ty Ramos? Are we are we keeping Ty Ramos? Maybe let him stay till the end of the year, maybe give him another year. Or do we just, you know, chop chop the tree, you know, you know, from the root and just start all over, you know, let him stay wherever he's at, you know, with his family, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers. Uh, but you know, do we do we really need him to come back and and just kind of finish this off, or do we just go ahead and just you know end it right here? Thank you very much for everything that you've done. You know, let's go ahead, you know, with a new uh, GM. Maybe bring in a new coach that, you know, they can kind of, you know, 
match or whatever, you know, blend in together and kind of make make something out of there? Or do we let this new possible GM, you know, stay with Ramos, you know, possibly, you know, this year and then maybe next year and then go on from there? So what what do you guys think about that? All right, I'll, I'll go. I think it's going to be a combination. I think Tab will finish the year. But if I'm a new GM, I want my people. Same as if I'm a new coach, I want my people. And when Tab replaced Davey, who replaced Wilmer, the same coaches, some of them are still there. And it's like, we need a deep cleaning from top to bottom. I'm not talking like the ticket reps. I'm not talking the coaching staff and the front office. I'm talking all of it. And that GM is going to let, I imagine, if we even sign one before the year ends, we might just hand it over to Walker. That GM is going to let Tap finish the season, and that GM knows somebody who's coming there. Because no GM is going to take this job without having someone lined up. Like when I used to coach, when we would move, if we wanted to take position coaches with us, we made sure we had them before we left. Because that they're really important, and it's really important to have the people you want around you in order for your vision to become a success. And I think it's going to be top to bottom. Every, not all of them, but quite a few. Anybody else? All right, I'll put my two cents in, and then somebody else can talk. I'll go for it. How's it going, guys? Everybody. Uh, sorry, I'm a little bit late, but I did want to give my two cents about uh, Tab Ramos. Um, I really do think that uh, that he brought up a good point. However, I still feel that maybe uh, Tab Ramos, given the opportunity of having more funding and having a, a better um, better money to to spend to get actual decent uh, players that are comfortable with his system rather than grabbing players that the only it appears that the only role that they have to fit is if he if he if those players played under Tab Ramos in the national team system before uh, while they might might have been good in the youth level it doesn't really translate all the time at the uh, at the professional level, you know? So I, I feel like maybe uh, Ted, Ted Siegel should, should uh, give uh, Tab Ramos, uh, or at least the new GM, should probably give Tab Ramos uh, one more year at least to kind of prove himself uh, in a better uh, uh, organizational culture and, um, and environment. And I, I think that's just, that's just my two cents uh, about it. I do have to agree, you know, right now Tab... Uh, my patience is running a little bit thin with the way, you know, he's treating uh, Darwin Quintero. Sometimes I do feel that maybe uh, Tab has just doesn't know what to do with this club anymore. Like uh, sometimes I'll see him like on the broadcasts. Uh, I'll see him just standing on the stands, just looking, uh, you know, with such a confused look on his face because he he knows he doesn't have the manpower necessary to probably turn turn the ship around, you know. So I think maybe with better players, he can probably give more results. Now, if in that year, he still gives these results of having the Dynamo in the lower half of the Western Conference, then yeah, it's, t it's time to uh, let the GM, uh, whoever the new GM is going to be, work his magic and bring in, you know, his people. That's a good point. So basically, my point is kind of almost the same thing. I think, you know, I've been, 
I've been a Tab Ramos apologist like the whole time. I don't know why I am so like attracted to to his to his ideas or his gameplay. I don't know. Maybe because I, I you know I get to hear him often with the press conferences and stuff like that, and he just kind of like he's so to me like he's so he's so real. I don't know. He's he's very like very blunt or like when he talks to the media or like when he says stuff. Like I've never heard him say like. You know, it wasn't my fault or, or whatever. Like, he's always taking blame for, obviously, 15 games not being being able to get three points. You know, like, you know, 15 games in a row where, where you can't win anything. And and he doesn't kind of shy away from, like, you know, the fact that he knows that his, you know, his head is on the chopping block. And, you know, it could be, it could, you know, he should probably be fired, to be honest, you know. And that's, like, where I find myself, you know, like trying to be uh, a Ty Brown's apologist type type way and just be like, well, you know, if you look at, you know, his style, you know, we talked about his style of soccer, you know, last on the last chat that we talked about. And basically, you know, uh, about Cabrera. And obviously, I didn't like Cabrera's, you know, style. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, you know, it got him the results, I guess, in a way, you know, it, it's, a, it's a style of, of playing. And obviously, he's not that bad because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, Edson could, you know, probably speak about it a little bit more. But it seems like he's having a an okay season, you know, down in the valley. Shout out to Edson. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, he's, uh, he. I mean, he's obviously doing something a little, a little better than he, what he was doing here, I think. Or it seems, it seems like it, you know. Um, so obviously he has an idea of the game, but obviously he wasn't as open to the media. So like the team was very close in, uh, the culture of the team maybe was a little bit different because nobody was able to like go in into like, you know, the, the locker room in, in a sense and to kind of talk to the players or see what, what was going on and stuff like that. But, you know, when Tabarabas came in, he basically opened the door wide open and he lets you talk to him. He lets you talk to the players you know, they don't shy away from, like, all the losses, all the terrible, you know, uh, games that we, we probably had. But, you know, like, one of the things that I always say is, like, a lot of the games that we have lost were could have been possible ties. And a lot of the ties that we had could have been possible wins. And, you know, who, I don't know who brought it up earlier, but, you know, maybe if he had a little bit of more manpower, maybe he could have turned those those games around. You know, it doesn't seem like he had, you know, right now he, he has like a, a very restricted uh, wallet, basically, to kind of pick and choose who he wants. So he's kind of going with like guys that he knows and are kind of cheap in a way. And like, you know, they're going to play on his style. But maybe he was able to spend a little bit more or he had a, a little bit more of like a leeway to, to kind of go for players that he might actually want or like. You know, other than like, you know, youth guys, maybe, I don't know, maybe he could, you know, turn the ship around. But then also, on the other hand, you know, you have, and it's completely understandable, you know, those people that say, you know, it's been 15 games. Like, he's the coach, you know, he's responsible for, for everything, basically, that's happening in a way, you know, next to Matt Jordan. And also, like, he has questionable tactical decisions. Like, you know, when you have five possible substitutions like you make one, you know, like in a game and you w- or like in the beginning, the the question that we would always ask ourselves would be like, why does he wait so long to make substitutions? Like, what do you wait till the 80th minute 
to bring in more manpower to score or to put uh, another defender in to kind of park the bus, you know, to kind of keep a tie or, or keep a win and not make it a tie. You know, it, it's one of those things that you're like, it should be common sense for for a coach, you know, for, for somebody kind of like that knows the game. You know, I would say to myself, like, if there's no way that I, I well, you know, this might sound very arrogant, but... It, there, there's no way that I know more about the game than he does, you know, and he's obviously a professional, you know, at his job, of course, you know, but, you know, it just kind of made you wonder, like, why, like, where are the subs? Like, where is this, when is this gonna, when is this guy gonna come in and turn this game around, you know, maybe, uh, you know, this specific player needs to come off and he would take another guy off and put in somebody that, you know, was not like we didn't need that guy we needed somebody else to do you know this other job it's like and it's just like questionable things like that 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 just kind of make you want to go the other way and say you know Ty Ramos you you had your shit you know your fair share of time but I think you know you maybe should move on or we should move on from you basically but I mean I can see both sides but I do myself, I would give him another, you know, let him finish this year and possibly give him another year. Just because I don't count 2020 as a year, just because of how everything kind of came down. And, you know, the, the, the MLS's back tournament was kind of weird. And he came out of nowhere. You know, players weren't his. You know, this is like the first year that he actually got to get in players that he wanted in a, you know in a way you know in quotation marks but i think you know he was still under the reign of like brenner for a little bit and under matt jordan now he's he you know he doesn't have that chain behind him you know a lot of the things that that he did you know he had to give credit to matt jordan or he couldn't say anything because you know of matt jordan and obviously out of respect to him but now that you know they're not on they're not in his way, you know, now he has more of a, a direct connection maybe with Ted and, you know, maybe with the new GM, maybe things will get better. Maybe like Edson would say, you know, maybe he'll get the, the manpower that he needs. But, you know, that's just what I think. I would give him another year, but I completely understand why people, you know, want his head chopped off, basically, next to Matt Jordan's. By the way, Chris, uh, we don't have... Sorry. We don't have... Small comment, we don't have the full uh, access to wherever the press conferences and stuff like that. Although you say it like he opened the doors. I mean, I only watch Dynamo this season because before I didn't, um, mm-hmm. let's say, been attracted to Dynamo. I didn't watch the games uh, previous years. But uh, this year I noticed like in comparison with like even with Austin FC, they have at least in recordings afterwards. So you watch the press conferences, watch the questions, the answers. So you kind of find that a little bit of more understanding of the coaching players. Mm-hmm. But I think to Dynamo, we don't have an access, do we? And that's probably, I mean, that's a great point. And I think that's probably, you know, you guys were mentioning last episode how the media, you know, I think it's, it's the media's. Not not media's fault, but basically their fault. You know, that basically we're not doing our job on putting pressure on the team, uh, putting pressure on the, on you know, on the club as a club. And, you know, and now, see, like me coming in, obviously, it's like my first, this is my second year, but it's like my first year kind of, you know, 
going into like press conferences and stuff like that. So I wasn't sure of like the rules or, or you know, if, if I can put the videos out and stuff like that. Now that I'm seeing, you know, a lot of people kind of putting clips out or like statements out, you know, I'm more than willing, you know, if I'm obviously going to keep doing this to to put these videos out and let people kind of see the players and see the coaches, you know. But, you know, I don't obviously we the media, the like the mainstream media, like the the local channels or whatever ESPN or whatever it may be, like they're not really interested in the Dynamo. And obviously, and everybody that that's kind of doing Dynamo coverage, it's kind of like, you know, freelance in a way. So obviously, it it's it's a little bit harder but you know not to like put excuses or anything but you know you know we're kind of like fans as well in a way and we're trying to like kind of be that bridge in a way i mean the only thing that we have right now that is like legit 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 i would say is victor Araiza with you know with with the striker and you know all the guys that you know with Edson you know that are working with the striker and they're and they're basically being legit, you know, and and being that that legit bridge between you know the dynamo and the people, because before that we have like we had nobody, you know, like there's no there's no other channels, there's no other That's like right. media, you know, access that we can be like, oh, you know, we're gonna go to the Houston Chronicle or whatever. But now we have right. Corey, no, I mean, you know. I, I see. I see. Um, the point is, like press conference, they put it whatever Facebook or like, yeah. their club channel, club YouTube channel, whatever. I mean. And we could watch afterwards, see what's the logic behind the coach, yeah. the players was. Yeah, so I, I, I remember under Wilmer, um, they would actually pass the press conferences with Wilmer Cabrera live. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, MLS changed their uh, regulations when it came to live press conferences. Uh, but I know I know that it, that did change. But I think what uh, when... when uh, Christian mentioned about the about tapping more open to the media is as far as like uh, practice availability under Wilmer um, the media had no, zero access if I if I recall correctly to attending practices and uh, asking questions to the players there whereas with Tab it's a little bit more more open for media to go uh, over and, and, and attend the, those practices. And uh, and you do have a point, Christian, with that when it comes to Dynamo coverage, it's the inde- it's the independent media and, and the podcasters that are doing more of the of the grunt work to make this uh, this team known uh, in uh, in Houston. So I, I have to applaud you all for the continuous um, effort that you guys are putting in, even though it, it feels like pretty. Uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Sometimes it feel like you're like hopeless, where like you think that maybe nobody's noticing your work. Believe me, guys, you know their work is being noticed. So just keep going at it, because you guys, you guys are, are really starting something out there. Yeah, uh, uh, it's a tremendous work. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I want to finish uh, talk on a few things real quick. Uh, you mentioned Victor, man. His opening his opening question when Ted got the job about how. We've heard these promises made before, man. That that was like you're a supporter and you covered this team, so that was yeah. for me. That was a great moment, man. And then, like Christian, you were talking about Tab, how we're so mixed. And the thing with me is, I'm, in that locker room, Tab is Tab's a god. He was one of right the first MLS whatever guy drafted. First guy. Like this league, yeah. This league was built literally around him. 
So he's going to get the respect of the players, and, and it's what we love and what I love. You can tell he's spot on at coaching the intangibles, the effort, the drive. That part, to me, he, he coaches, God, very well. But you go and you look at our stat sheets this year, and you can make an argument two ways about this. There's more than three wins on those stat sheets. So that, 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 that makes you question, you know, is it because Tab is tactically inferior to the opposing coach? Or is it that he needs that, that score up top, that legit striker, that legit winger? Like, which one is it? And you talk about the subs, and then you look a couple weeks in a row, we were back four, back five, back four, back five. And the lineup is, it's like a carousel. And it looks to me like it looks to me sometimes like he has he doesn't know what to do because nothing's working and maybe nothing's working because we don't have enough of the finishing touch those finer points yeah to turn those winning stat sheets into winning score lines that's true that, I mean that's a great point because I've been saying that since the beginning like you know if you, you know, like if you you know you mostly you guys follow like a European team right and if I tell you hey like how is your team going to start next week? Like, you can tell me from, you know, top of your head, you know, 10 out of 11 guys maybe, you know, like maybe one guy, is, you know, it's like, you know, like we're not sure. Maybe, you know, he's interchangeable whatever. But nine times out of 10, there is a set 11 that you're like, you know, these guys are for sure going to be, you know, in the field every single match, you know. But when it comes to the Dynamo, like, we we don't have that, like, you know, like we started with a you know defensive mid as a center back for like the first four games almost, and then you know we, and then Figueroa went in the back, and then we had te- we got teenage, and then he went to the back. Like that should be like one of the positions, at least the back four should be like one of the positions that you know nine times out of ten shouldn't be rotated. In my opinion, you know I might be wrong, but in my opinion, as I see soccer, like. That's your back line, like that's your backbone, or at least your your two center backs, you know, and and like we don't have that, we don't have that in the back, we don't have that in the midfield, like you know between Derek Jones, Corona, Vera is probably the only one that you're like Vera should start every single game, but then everybody else, like you wouldn't mind if they sat on the bench, you know, like. You can make a case for this guy starting over this guy or this guy starting over that guy. You know, like, we don't have that. And that, you know, like, I think Ezra was saying, you know, maybe he doesn't know how to, how to, like, he doesn't know what to do with these people, you know. And, and I mean, if you, you know, if you put yourself in that position, sometimes you, you look at the bench and you're like, you know who the who the fuck can we put in? You know, like that's like a legit question. Like who can go in and be a difference maker? And the only one that everybody always pops up with is Quinteros, right? Which he has earned that name last year, being like the the top creator in the league. You know, and and you're like, what? There's something going on there. Obviously, we I don't think we'll ever find out till he leaves. But obviously, there's something going on. But He's the only one that is not playing when everybody else is playing. Like, inferior people to him are playing. And you're like, there is no way this guy... Like, the one guy that I we think and we know could maybe do a difference in, in each and every game possibly, you know, it's not playing. But but it goes back to the thing. Is it, is it because he's not, you know, he doesn't know how to coach or he doesn't know how to manage? 
or is it because he doesn't have like the, a group a good group of guys to actually manage so you know you're just kind of like in that in between that you kind of go back and forth between is he a bad coach is he have bad players or you know and and it's just that i mean that's how i see it but in part in part this circles this circles back to the inheritance if we can call it that way yeah. of gabriel brenner and now my jordan right because you know i i believe i believe we were having a lot of hopes that yeah well this is the year where Tav gets his people, and in some way he did, in some others he didn't. But to me, you know, and what is striking to me is that Tav comes from an environment where, as as a as a national team head head coach, granted under twenty, but still, the mentality is that you work with what you have. Now, granted, the pool is bigger, but then again, you work with what you have. So, to me, it's striking that. You know, I, I keep on hearing, for example, the great master Jorge Clara from the Porto Total USA. We always talk about, we always like talk dynamite. And the thing is that, you know, he says in the trainings, everything is great, perfect. You know, aside from these situations, right? Darwin Quintero, and, uh, what's it called? Uh, Christian Ramirez, Mateo Hamich in the beginning, etc., etc., etc. The thing is that when it comes, to, 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 to the day of the game, you know, we see the same solutions that they are not working repeated and all over again. To me, my, my, my pet peeve, I think that's the way it's, it's, it's said in English, my pet peeve is to see Ariel Lassiter get, oh, getting Jesus. in. Yes. That is just that, you know, I, I really want to turn off the TV and I do and then I turn it on. And on <laughs> and listen, nothing bad against the player. Under Costa Rica, he plays great. In La Liga, he played awesome, and I was excited that he came in. I told I told you all last week. Thing is that either the Dynamo is not using him right, or he's not material for the Dynamo. As this, he has that. The thing is, the thing is that you know, defending a little bit, tap, but again, I still believe that he should be as resourceful, and a head coach should be resourceful. Uh, you know, in, in all fairness, when Ted got the team, got the team, you know, purchased the team or whatever. We don't know if really Ted, you know, had already started, you know, investing a little bit in the team because as far as I understand, there were like six to nine months of in between negotiations and investment and overseeing and kind of deal before agreeing. So I'm not entirely sure how much of that money came from, from Ted. I think from teenage on, it came in from Ted. So perhaps, you know, uh, not much money was was given to, in this case, for example, Matt Jordan or Tad Ramos because way too many reasons, because it was last year of Jordan, because Brandon was not about to sell the team, etc., etc., etc. So if Tab stays, aside from, aside from the fact that I would think that he should go, because, again, um, I would believe that, you know, new GM should bring his people or her people, we don't know. Um, that definitely a clean slate that gives way more opportunities. Now, if Tab stays, perhaps he's going to be brought better tools. Not Matt Jordan size tools, not Brenner price tools, but actual Ted Siegel's new GM price and quality tools. And then maybe we can see really what you know 
what we have hyped so much about Tab, uh, Tab Ramos about you know the, his his coaching style and the way he worked. Now, granted, you know the situation with uh, with um, with Quintero and Ramirez. To me, that that was that was that was not great because we are wasting the best one of the best 2019 MLS players, and then we are wasting the only number nine, like caliber, old school killer number nine that we had on the field. So, you know. But that's yeah. what Generation Orange commented, I think, podcasts. I heard, like, got a lot of good players, like last century mentioned in Costa Rica, good, uh, had a good uh, career, I guess. And some of the other examples, like, the other teams, they play it great, but for some reason, Houston Dynamo had the greatest performance. So I just saw, like, I don't know what exact reason, but kind of, and they didn't explain it as well firmly, but some kind of suspected, I don't know, toxicity in general, or I don't know, some sort of circumstance. I mean, uh, where is that the climate in the team? So mm -hmm. that's what. Kind of you know, that in this you, uh, you you mentioned like Ted, you know Matt Jordan size tools, Brenner price tools, not size price tools. I mean, to me, when I look at what Brenner did selling the team, four hundred fifty million dollars, if, if I'm not mistaken, and he's still a minority owner. He made a ton of money on an investment, and I'm not in Ted Siegel's head, and I'm not a billionaire, but I firmly believe that to him we are an investment he sees the returns that people are getting on their investment in mls and he wants a piece of it the question is is he a competitive playboy that wants to win or is he just there watching his bottom line because mls is a solid solid investment if you look at the costs of franchise fees over the years it's ridiculous you can't get relegated And if somebody wants a franchise, they have to pay this many hundreds of millions of dollars. So in reality, it's I've said it before on one of my episodes, it's a Ponzi scheme in a sense. But I hope, it, God, I, I feel it. Like I can feel it inside my bones, man. Like the Ted Siegel also wants to win. And that's the difference between, I put in the chat, come on, you Spurs. That's the difference between Enoch and the guy that owns Man City. Enoch views it as a business. And they're not going to hurt their bottom line by making overpaying for investments. Whereas Sheikh Mansour, he can he can burn money. That's the difference. And the question is, which one are we going to be? Are we going to be Daniel Levy, or are we going to be Sheikh Mansour? Yeah, that's a good, really really quick. I think Brenner got rich out of the Dino, and this sounds crazy, but I think that's what it was because the guy was keeping the club under minimums. And and, and the thing is that Fatigo, on the other hand, you know that's what gives me hope. Exactly what you said. I think the guy wants to win and sees winning as the part of the investment that is going to bring him back money. So that's, I think, you know, that Seagull had to pay the, pay the money to, to make Brenner rich, but perhaps we are, we have some, you know, some hope, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think just the, the matter of fact, uh, sorry, Polder, just a matter of fact that Ted Siegel himself made the decision to fire Matt Jordan whether it was because he really wants his team to succeed and he saw that Matt Jordan uh, in the organization was going to bring nothing to the table or the fact that it was just bad PR, all of the bad uh, 
the bad vibes going on with, within the uh, within the fan base with uh, the situations with uh, the supporters groups, etc., etc., etc. I mean, how many times did we see something similar under Gabriel Brenner, and Brenner did nothing to uh, get rid of Jordan? In fact, he renewed him one more year. Let's not forget that. And Ted Siegel comes in. He sees what the situation is, and he makes a decision to because remember. Matt Jordan or Ted Siegel could have easily just let uh, Matt Jordan's contract expire for the end of the season, but he didn't. He took this decision, even though it probably would have cost him up front to kind of liquidate Matt Jordan's uh, contract. He made this decision anyway because he wants to get rid of all of the toxicity or at least start with the toxicity of having Matt Jordan in the organization. So I think that to me is a clear sign that Ted Siegel really wants this team to be not only competitive, but a winning club. He's a Jersey boy, man. Like we like to win. So that's that part of me. Like, I'm like, I know, I know what you're like. So granted he grew up playing tennis and I grew up playing ice hockey, but a little different, but either way, I think he wants to come down here. I think he wants to turn this into something. Yeah, yeah, I really hope he does. I mean, I think we're going to find out this offseason if he's going to spend money or not. I mean, it was a good start getting uh, Jordan out, but, I mean, he's brought in little pieces. Hopefully it's bigger pieces in the future. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Also, going back to Tab, it's just uh, I don't know if his coaching style, if it's his coaching style or if it's the players. But if we bring in the players and it's still his coaching style, then there's a problem, and we've wasted another year. That's a that's a good point. I, I also want to just chime in a little bit about like the the financial side of you know buying out the Dynamo and Ted Sigal and all that. I, I I think it's important. I, I like what uh, you said about the, the the Ponzi scheme of MLS. In, in a way, that's definitely true. And it's just who you're going to sell it on to next. Um, the league is growing. Even if your team fails, you will still make money. That's how it's been at least for the last five years. Um, so whether that's going to continue, obviously we don't, we're not exactly sure. Um, but it seems that Don Garber is gonna, he's gonna do whatever it takes to protect the investments of, of the teams that are have bought, bought in that that crazy expansion fee. You know, um, so that's the thing is it really just comes down to whether Ted Segal wants to win or not because he doesn't have to, and it's and, and Brenner was a great example of, of you don't have to win and you'll still make a boatload of money and uh i think that's where it, it comes to the fans to put the pressure on on ted Segal. you know if 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 you if you let the owner just sit back relax and enjoy the checks he'll do it if you put put a fire under his ass you know it, things might change all right that was good <laughs> but um i think we're you know we're still on the fence so I I mean right now we just wait right we just kind of wait and see what uh, what's gonna happen. We weren't expecting uh, what happened today, so at least you know we got something good going on. And all we need now is for the team to start winning again. You know we got we got a game, a really tough game on Friday against uh, Portland. So uh, do you guys wanna you know before we you know log off and go to sleep or whatever y'all have to do. Uh, y'all want to give any predictions for this uh, upcoming match? And if you guys are going to be at the stadium? 
Listen, man, real quick, I have heard so many people today, and I have seen so many people today, and I have had texts from so many people today saying that they're going to go to the stadium. That is the impact of what happened today. I want to go to the stadium and have a baby, and I will will try to negotiate with my wife, (laughs) see how the hell we're going to do, if we go together, or if I come by myself, if I tell Jorge that I I will sneak in into the, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) But I think I think we, we can see a big turnout out of all this. Now, if we win, we lose, I don't know. Maybe the players get some fire. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not hopeful for the product on the, on the field, but I think it's going to be a different vibe this, this, this next game. I Man, it, sound, it sounded like you said you wanted to go to the stadium and have a baby. That sounds like a new topic for your podcast. <laughs> I, was in this, I was in the call, in this call, and this guy said that he wanted to. <laughs> no, I'm um, sure babies have made at that stadium. I'm sure they have been somewhere. But she she she's a supporter of the, of the dash that I can tell you. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm I'm one of the the guys that Primo's talking about. I, I'm going just to I'll probably bring a thank you sign or something. But I'm 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 going to the next home game. Nice. Good idea with the sign. But yeah, different vibe for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I won't I won't be going Friday. I have to uh, unfortunately fly to Las Vegas for my my brother's wedding. So, I'll be, uh, I don't know, watching. I'll be a prediction. And a prediction? I'll, Man, I'll, I'll, be, to. I'll be watching from, uh, from the Rio Grande Valley. On, uh, on, um, uh, I've been kind of like sometimes on and off the, uh, off the loop, but I've tried to kind of catch up with like highlights or something like that. But I'll definitely be watching uh, this upcoming match uh the game and see hopefully like you know somebody mentioned if the uh firing of matt jordan kind of lights a fire not only on uh the players but also on coaching staff that nobody is essential uh to the future of the club and probably because i feel like maybe probably there's a there's a phrase that we call in spanish called the la zona de confort you know the comfort zone where maybe people in the organization thought that, you know, they're, they're never going to get, you know, get fired, especially with the fact that Matt Jordan bringing in, you know, bad results after bad results, and he still has a job, you know, and now it's like, oh, like, he got fired? Oh, I guess I better better perform because then I'm going to get fired too or, or get sold or whatever. Um, so I definitely think that maybe even though it's pretty much the same, the same players that we've had all season, I think maybe in, in the... Um, in the psychological uh, instance, I think there's going to be a difference there. Will it be enough probably for a win? Maybe, maybe not. I honestly don't think so. I still think that maybe at most we're going to continue with the Tynamo tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I see a difference in in the in the way that, that they uh, deal with this, you know, they go up in this match, you know, they start being a lot more aggressive, uh, then rather than just kind of like going through the motions, then I'm, I'm going to at least be a little bit uh, comfortable about that. Nice. Yeah, I'll definitely be at the stadium. 
uh, Friday. I mean, I go to every game, unfortunately. But, I mean, I'll be happy to know that Jordan won't be there. That's good, that's good. If anybody wants to, I pay for my flight um, to Houston. I will go to the game. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> any, any offers out there? Uh, but, yeah, man, uh, we have we have actually have the next four games are going to be tough. We got Portland at home. Then we got Austin at home. Then we go to LA Galaxy, and then we have Dallas again at home. So I mean, it's not going to be easy to get any wins. Uh, but you know, hopefully we get one of those. The more the the one that seems to be kind of like the easiest one might be Austin. But you know, shit, you never know, right? But I think we're all, you know, in a positive note. So I think, uh, you know, we're hoping for the best, and and I'm very excited to to, to be there on Friday. Uh, by the way, I'm going to be well. I'm I'm gonna be at the stadium on Friday, and I'm gonna uh, do some interviews after the game. So I I'm uh, decide on where I'm gonna be. So if you guys want to swing by and kind of just you know give your two cents on there, that that'll be cool. But other than that, man, thank you so much for for joining in. Uh, does anybody want to say anything? Any you know before y'all go, if y'all want to shout any you know your podcast or your whatever you're doing, any type of work, you know, go ahead and take this this time to uh, say whatever you want to say. Sure, I'll, I'll selfishly promote real 